Interstage Window streams every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Standard Time. Join us if you have any questions or comments. Enjoy the show! We are back today. Um, we've got a lot of really fun stuff that we're going to talk about. And of course, we're going to be playing Viva Pinata. So Landon, say hi. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? I am coming to you from the omniscient voice in the background. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason, it's not wanting to show up on Twitch for me. So once again, we're... Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, I tried to... Um do some things to change that delay for you, Landon, but I was only so successful. So there should be less delay now, but I think a delay is still going to exist. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. All right. It'll just be interesting. So let's get started in, in the game. So, um, no, we don't want to do that. So to let you guys know, just to try to kind of progress a little bit so that we can start making additional gardens and things like that, one of the things that I am going to do is try to attract some of the pinatas that are like the highest level that I can get at this point. So that's what you're going to you're gonna kind of see me doing in the game kind of as Landon and I chat today. So Ooh. FYI, that's how it's going to go. Um, and I think we should also... Uh let the people who are going to be watching the stream know that we are actually going to be recording this and turning it into a podcast. Yes. And so uh, that their questions will be a part of that and conversation will be a part of that. And if we're a little bit more formal or over explaining things that we've already talked about since we started the streaming, it's basically because we need to let the people who are listening to the audio version of this catch up. Yep. So we're going to do kind of an episode today that, um, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got to buy ten of those. So um, it's a little bit more about kind of like uh, some some background information for those of you guys that don't know us, for anybody that wants to kind of engage with that audio version. So they'll have a lot of that background information. Yes. And if you are listening to the audio version, then um, feel free to join us on stream. We stream every Saturday from noon to two on Twitch. That's right. Woohoo! All right, so uh, you kind of hinted that our weekly topic uh, this week is kind of the origin of our RPing, how we met each other, how we found the hobby, um, as well as the mistakes that we've made over the years, because I think it's really important to talk about the mistakes that you make in a hobby or in such a community group activity. Yes, for sure. I mean, I didn't come out the womb knowing everything there is to know about roleplay, and I still don't know everything there is to know about roleplay. So there was absolutely a lot of mistakes that we made along the way. So I want to talk about a lot of that stuff and kind of how we got to where we are now. Yeah, um, I don't know what you were talking about. I was perfect. <laughs> out of the womb. I knew how to do everything, including spell. Amazing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but before we get into that, let's talk about our favorite things for this week. Karen, do you have a favorite thing that happened? I do. Oh my gosh. Okay. So favorite thing this week. Um, I don't know if you have watched this show before, but um, we watched the latest season of Nailed It this week. And oh my God, I love this show so much. Okay. So I have terrible secondhand embarrassment. Ah! Um so it took me so long to watch the show because I originally thought it was just like 
people who are really trying really hard than being made fun of. <gasps> and then I realized that like, no, the, the people who are trying are also making fun of themselves. Yeah. So a better. Yeah, I know. It's not like that. It's not like that at all. Um, although I do feel like, okay, so if you've, if you've watched this, so have you watched the latest season? Um, possibly, but you'll have to remind me. Okay, so, um, this is a season, it has like, I think it has like a, a wedding episode, or I don't, I don't remember, like, they all kind of run together, right? But, um, but I do think that like, you know, Jacques, the French guy, who's always there giving tips and things like that, I do feel like in this season, he has gotten a little bit more, like, strict about the tips that he gives. Um, like to me, it's it doesn't come off as uh, as as nice as he used to. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Naomi, how's it going? Um, I, I don't, and maybe it's like in my head, right? But I do feel like he's gotten a little bit more uh, strict in like what he expects from the contestants, <laughs> which is That's a little really bit weird. Because they're they're people who don't know how to cook. Like yeah. that's the whole point. <gasps> or bake. Yeah, they have no idea what they're doing. Um. So like. I don't know. I don't like that. That's that's a little maybe a little too much on the judgy side. If it's just going to be a fun little TV show, then everyone should be having fun. But oh, Naomi still hasn't found the pizza yet. Oh shoot! Uh, <laughs> so um, so uh, Naomi is a wonderful dear friend that will probably appear in both of our stories as we talk about our origins. Mm -hmm. um, and her uh, eldest son or eldest child. Uh, hid part of his pizza this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so, still trying to find it. So, uh, thank you for keeping us updated. It's we been wonderful it. entertainment all morning, seriously. <laughs> is, this, is this adulting? Is when we're talking about uh, when a child hides pizza? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is adulting. And then you have to find that pizza so that the other child doesn't eat oh. like old pizza that's going to upset their stomach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi is so wonderful at just making parenthood sound like the best thing ever <laughs> or the worst thing ever if uh, or you know you know if you're not if you're not interested but uh, we 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 love Naomi's kids they're wonderful yes. um okay so so what's your favorite is... thing yeah oh sorry oh go ahead yeah we, we can talk more about nailed it go for it Oh yeah, no. I was just gonna say that is your that is your favorite thing that you were able to watch it and enjoy and see some wonderful, terrible desserts. Yes, I mean, so I mean, it's it's very contrived, right? So for those of you that are that are watching that have not seen this show, it's essentially they make these like really, really complicated, fancy cakes and other desserts, um, and when they're when they're doing this, they give them like. A time limit so these are like amateur home bakers right and they give them this time limit of like you know in uh, 20 minutes dang it i forgot to press the right button um they give them <laughs> this this like 20 minute uh 20 minute 30 minute or like maybe an hour or two hours if it's more complicated but essentially what happens is because they're amateur bakers given this impossible time limit they can't make the thing that they're being asked to make right so they they end up with like just this awful freaking version of whatever cake it was like it'll be some kind of like lumpy ugly monstrosity but the hope is that it still tastes like cake and it's still you know edible which sometimes it is sometimes it isn't they always forget to grease their pans on this show they're always forgetting to grease their cake pans on the show <laughs> i swear to god and um and every episode at least somebody forgets that so you hope that the cake still tastes good and and there's like a ten thousand dollar prize at the end but that's essentially the structure of the show and it's run by this um comedian nicole byers who is 
hilarious. Like, hilarious. Yeah. She's so funny. Like, okay, I have a strong um, affiliation, I have a strong, uh, a strong interest in annoying things. And she is perhaps one of the most annoying people I've ever seen on TV. And <laughs> that is why I love her. Like, she just makes, like, the weirdest noises and the funniest faces and says the craziest shit. And that's why she's the best. And we stand and we love her. And we just love her. That's Good right. No, I I've definitely seen her and is she is the most entertaining part of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's just so on point with her comedy that I, I really appreciate it. So I'm glad that there is some more love for her in the world. Yep. I love her. I love her so much. So that's my favorite thing this week is watching the latest season of Nailed It. Yeah, thing. done. <laughs> Um, So my favorite thing is uh, a little thing came out uh, not last last Friday, so the uh, third. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Hamilton. Oh, wow. I was not expecting this. (laughs) Only a few people have really ever heard about it. It's so Um, indie. I can't believe. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just like really undercover and really just underground stuff right now. But um, yeah, no, Hamilton and the magnificent story character arc that is Aaron Burr. Mm. Burr. Um, <laughs> and I just have been obsessed. I have been obsessed with Hamilton probably since 2016, 17. Oh wow! It was our. It was on broad. It was on Broadway. It hadn't started touring yet, so I want to say that's probably 16, 17. So pretty much since it um, started, you were you were into this. Yeah. Yeah, not to sound like a hipster, but... Oh, wow, but you do. (laughs) (laughs) But I liked it before it was cool to like it. Um, But, yeah, so I loved loved it, loved the sound, loved the music, constantly listened to it. Uh, I can just probably sing all of the songs... And I and I gladly would for anyone who would be willing to listen, but I'm not going to do it on here. But, um, <laughs> <hit me up. laughs> I mean, you can if you want to. Like, what's your what's your what's the most confident line that you have? Like, there's probably like a line, right? That you're super confident in singing. Oh, why, no, why don't we I get like sing, a little? So none of them. None of them. Not a single one. I don't believe you. Well, like here, I imagine death so much that like, it feels more like a memory. When's it gonna get me? On my feet ahead of me. That's what I got for you. Okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> but, anyway, <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we tried. Um, but it came out on Disney Plus, and or I guess it should, so. I had seen it not in Broadway. I'd actually. I live in Maine. My parents live in Colorado. I actually flew out to Colorado for the weekend because my mother had a ticket for me. Um, oh. So that's how dedicated oh. I am. Wow. To, to seeing it that I was like, no, I, I will I will be there to see it. <laughs> That's a nice gift. Family, but I will see this play. <laughs> um, so I was able to see it when it was on tour, very fortunately. And then um, the fact that it came to Disney Plus, I just had a party and cried the whole time. And by party, I mean there was like two of us who were basically quarant- quarantining together anyway. Just, <laughs> and she had never heard the music. Just watching this musical as I'm sobbing next to her being like it's just so good so that's where I'm at that's such a nice experience <laughs> being able to um to share the something that you're really into with um with a friend and uh and so that's like so nice that's like so nice it it's so it's a great experience I think if you care about something in the right ratio oh yeah so you, you have to care about it at least a little 
and you can't care about it too much because then you enjoy the process of like sharing it with a friend. This, I cared about this too much, so I was literally looking over at Sam and just being like, isn't this song amazing? And she's like, what are you talking about? It just started. <laughs> she didn't know. She didn't know. Um, she didn't understand. So, I mean, I like Hamilton. I, I'm not, I'm not like, super into it, as a lot of people are, but I think it's pretty good um, as far as musicals go. I mean, I like a lot of musicals, and, and it was, you know, it's quite different and innovative, I feel like, in a lot of, um, you know, the way that it does things, since there's a lot of rap in it and things like that, and you often don't get that style of music in a musical. So, in that way, I really like it, but... Um, you know, it's not, I don't know, it's not really my cup of tea, I guess. Founding Fathers is not really, is not really my cup of tea. <laughs> did, you start, did you attempt to watch it? Because I think that if you watched it, you'd enjoy it. Well, I mean, I'm sure you think that, right? So what I have seen is, um, what I have seen is, of course, I listened to it when the soundtrack came out because everyone was Fair freaking enough. into it. So I had to, right? And then yeah. later on, I watched a bootleg version of it oh, okay. um which is pretty good i mean it, but you know it's got some of the problems that bootlegs tend to have in that you know it's just it's just someone in the audience filming it i don't know if you've watched any of these like broadway bootlegs before but they and it's illegal yep. yeah yeah <laughs> and they're they're kind of they're kind of a challenge um but you know so i haven't i don't have disney plus um so i have not watched oh. it on disney plus but uh but yeah that's how that's how i have watched hamilton which is totally fine. If you like watched a bootlegged version and you were like, actually, this isn't my cup of tea. Like, watch the play. <laughs> That's I true. That. But That's for true. Me, I'm just like every it's. But Aaron Burr, how can you <laughs> not just be in love with Aaron Burr? It's so Which funny. It's really awkward to talk about because he is definitely a murderer and yeah. a person. It, that's, and that's so funny to me. Um, that's so funny to me that people are so into Hamilton. And I feel like sometimes when I see like Hamilton fandom things online, I almost feel like these people are forgetting that these were actually real people that lived at one point in time. And the reality is they did some absolutely heinous things oh yeah no the father's not good people do not support them do so. not support anything but david Diggs, when he comes out as jefferson i'm just like oh swoon but like, I, mean, I would never look at jefferson and be like swoon it's i mean fair absolutely fair <laughs> but it just it's so funny like the mythologizing and the the like way that these people like have become characters and not people anymore like it just i yeah. find that element of hamilton very fascinating more so than hamilton itself if i'm being honest <laughs> Actually, that, is a, that is an incredibly good point because um something is happening i want to say very similarly it's not my history so maybe i don't know it's not that big of a musical yet but have you heard of six the musical no what is okay, that so it's, it's a rock musical um featuring the six wives of henry the eighth oh um okay it's fantastic. It's up there, upbeat rock. Uh, it's not so much a story um, because it's it takes place as a rock concert, mm. uh, and all these and then this group of women are a part of that concert. Okay. So uh, it's a really interesting take on it. But again, it it makes these women characters versus actual living people and part of history. Like it's it's interestingly. The way that we can take history and make it a story yeah and um and because of that we change the facts of a lot of things too like hamilton is not historically accurate oh no treated as such um yeah it's just a story yeah it's a story it's a mythologized version absolutely i would i think that's true 
Um, Naomi said that the, she started watching it. So Naomi, you need to tell me um, in the chat how you have uh, liked it so far. Just yeah. Like what do you think? Like, what do you think of it? Um, interest, interested to know. Uh, other thoughts on, on either Hamilton or, or Nailed It? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, I think that it's just, I think the way media portrays story arcs too, like Nailed It is obviously a reality TV show. So there isn't as much uh, ability to create a character, mm -hmm. but there is the idea of like with reality TV, nothing is reality. So you're taking something that is based in reality and switching it to, so that there is a character or a story arc within each episode. So like, yeah. Fall in love with the person who just wants to, you know, buy mom and dad a house or something like that. And you follow his story arc as he's winning this competition. Yeah, and there 100% is story arcs and nailed it. Like, even though these are real people, like, there are absolutely story arcs. Like, there are, you know, there's the person that's, like, not going to follow directions, and, and that's, you know, fun to watch in that sense. And then there's, like, there's, like, the character that's there that really needs the money for some reason. And then, you know, like, there is 100%. There is story arcs. There is absolutely story arcs and nailed it, um, despite the fact that it's real people. Just like any good reality TV, like, you'll notice there's there's characters and there's things that they edit um, to make it look like a certain thing happened, even though the reality of probably what happened is more complicated than that. Well, and the same thing, and you can sit there and apply that same logic is happening to Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that it is taking real people and making and real facts and real history and making characters out of it. And it's just yeah. fascinating that that is where we have gone with um, American media. Oh, yeah. That we want to now focus on the realism aspect, but not actually be it, have it be real. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's true of a lot of what's popular right now, for sure. So... I just find it fascinating. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's funny. It's funny that we both picked um, sort of like reality ish things this week. That was not intentional. <laughs> I didn't. We didn't tell each other before we start. We didn't. We didn't tell each other before we started what was going. Um, what, what we were going to pick for favorite things this week. <laughs> oh my I gosh! Also, I mean, if we wanted to, we don't have to go on this tangent, but we could relate it to the like state of the world of of wanting to find some comfort and sense in in reality and. And and a story outside of ourselves, but that is mm. real. So like it's that is that is it's escapism, but it's not too much escapism. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that does make a lot of sense. Um, and I think that it, that escapism, you know, that kind of relates it, that relates a lot to to role play and kind of like what we're doing and all that stuff. And that's kind of what we want to really talk about today is kind of give you guys some background about um, about like us as role players and how we met and kind of how we came into this hobby. So, oh, nope, nope, go away. Um, sorry, the little the thing he's in my garden. Oops, he probably left something. I just find the sour candy somewhere. Um, so yeah, Landon, why don't you um, why don't you kind of start us off there? How do we what do we want to kind of go through first? Just like history well, think, or? Well, how did how did you find role playing? Like, okay, how did you start? So I started in probably the most problematic way humanly possible. <laughs> um, I was very very young, like 11, 12 years old, something like that, and. When I was that age, the internet was a very different place, like a very different place. Um, those, those that are a bit younger, it's probably even a little bit hard to imagine, but there was no such thing as like social media, right? Anonymity online was considered 
the norm like it was very it was it was very much like that's what everyone did right there was really no such thing as doxing there was no such thing as like people knowing your real name like we assumed everyone was using pseudonyms online and and that's what you were expected to do so I started role-playing mostly in Yahoo chat rooms, which if anybody was online in the late 90s, early 2000s, you guys probably remember Yahoo chat rooms and some very specific Yahoo chat rooms that we're not going to name because we're a mostly, uh, you know, family-friendly PG-13 show here, and that would not be a PG-13 thing to talk about. But that's what I, that's where I was, and that's what I was doing, is I was doing a lot of role-play in Yahoo chat rooms, um, some some kind of aside from that, I was doing some in AOL chat rooms as well, doing some on forums as well, stuff like that. And it really was just a chance for me to go online and play pretend, you know, play pretend as a teenager, which that's not, you know, by the time you get that age, that's not really something that you're doing with your real life friends anymore. So when I found these these Yahoo chat room role plays. And I realized that's what people were doing. I was like, shit, I want to do that. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) So I just kind of dove in, right? And because there, because things were like very open in a chat room and because there was no like social media that, you know, no one could trace back who you were. So I essentially was literally just like going into these chat rooms um, every evening and every weekend and just like sometimes I would make like a whole new character on the spot, right? And you would do like an intro post and then you would basically what you would try to do is impress people with your intro posts or with your public role playing so that they would DM you and want to do a private role play with you. Like that's basically how it worked. So that's what I was doing. And I did that for a really long time until I came across a particular role player that I still remember to this day. I don't know if the person behind it was a he or a she because in because at that time like everything was anonymous, right? Like you didn't ask. You just and you didn't care. You know? So anyway, but their character's name was Jimmy James Johnson. I still remember this person to this day. So if you're out there, hey, I remember <laughs> you. I role played with you back in Yahoo chat days. And um and so this this person like they were so good they had this fleshed out character they had like a character arc that he went through they had all these unique traits for this character like it felt like a character in a book and i was oh no (laughs) this is another evil dastardus this is another evil guy that comes up in this game um he will literally make your pinata sick we can kind of get rid of him later so Hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. Yeah. So hopefully he won't bother us too much. Um, But we'll see. So yeah, so so this person impressed me so much that I realized like there was more to this, right? Like it, it kind of dawned on me that there was a bit more to this than just like playing silly pretend, right? Hey, Marina, how's it going? Um, We're just kind of hanging out, chatting. Uh, You really haven't missed anything yet. Oh, you missed his favorite things. So um. So, so yeah, so I, I, I met this particular role player. I was incredibly impressed with them. And I was like, I want to do what they're doing. I want to do what they're doing. And I started like thinking about myself as like a writer, right? As, as a writer that actually, dang it, I keep hitting the invisible ones. Okay. I started thinking of myself as a writer who like had characters with goals and with feelings and with like emotions and arcs that I wanted them to go on. But the way that roleplay was structured in chat rooms is you would essentially do like, you know, one roleplay and then 
things things sometimes continue the next day but a lot of times they just reset the next day and not everyone was online all the time it was very very like loosey-goosey right so at that point when I realized that that's really what I wanted to do um, I started role-playing on forums right and role-playing on forums kind of messed me up a little bit because <laughs> I don't know if anybody has ever really done a lot of any of you guys have ever done a lot of forum role-play but the norm in forum roleplay is to write incredibly long, detailed posts. Yeah. And that's where you start to get that purple prose and all of that stuff. And so I got my mind really destroyed about how to be a good writer with that. And um, it took me a long time to work out of, of that sort of thing. Um, but eventually I did, and I moved on to more like social media style role play. And that's when I really started role playing a lot on like LiveJournal and Gaia Online. And then years later, I ended up moving on to Tumblr role play. And it sort of, you know, progressed from there. But that's how I got into it. How I got into it was largely Yahoo chat rooms. And then later on, it was it was forums. And that was really my introduction to to the role play scene. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of that's that's my backstory, I guess. Hey Eric, how's it going? I hope you're having a good time here. Um, so so yeah, so that's my story. Landon, why don't you tell us like how you got into role playing and how you got started? Um, okay, so I I had always been a fan fictioner. As soon as I found like I don't even know how I found it, but I found the internet and then I found fan fiction. <laughs> so I knew that the idea of fan fiction existed and that there was a world beyond um, already created worlds that I loved. So uh, that really interested me and I was already writing, like I had been writing, when I started writing it was it was fan fiction. I remember uh, that I had, <laughs> my dad had just finished the fourth Harry Potter book. Um, he was reading out loud to me because I was very, very young and he, and I, he shut the book and I remember looking at him going, okay, so you're going to go get the fifth one tomorrow. And he was like, I'm so sorry, honey. Uh, J.K. Rowling hasn't written it yet. Oh no. And I was like, well, she's taking too long. I'm going to write it myself. And then I did. <gasps> uh, and that's how I started writing. <laughs> oh my god, that is too cute. That is too cute. <laughs> Baby Landon yeah. thinks that she's gonna write the next next book in the series. I in fact did. Harry, uh, Harry got picked up in a limo by of course. Dumbledore. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> Dumbledore had a secret daughter. It might have been a self insert. It was fine. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, this is that's I, great. What? I said, I love it. That's great. Um, so I I had always, that was the world and that, that was how I knew to write. I, I wasn't creating my own stories. I wasn't even creating my own characters. I was playing characters I knew and loved and then continuing to read fiction about them and continuing to write fiction about them. Uh, so enter my wonderful friend in freshman year who introduced me to the concept of role-playing. And this was paper and pen role-playing. So we had a notebook that we, like a spiral notebook. It was purple. And we would pass it back and forth between classes to one another. Oh my gosh. Um, old school. And Yeah, no, so old school. And I was writing as Bella and she was writing 
Edward. Oh, wow. And I'm so embarrassed by that. But um, Hey, that was the times, though. That was the times. That was the times, yeah. To be fair, that is very on par for for my age group at that point in time. But uh, we were writing back and forth that way. And she had a group of friends that I was acquaintances with that were juniors and seniors. Mm. And they had started a Harry Potter forum RP for the Marauders era. Um, And Dee, who was my friend, invited me into talking about that. And so I then became a group of friends with all of these like uh, upperclassmen who had already taken roles like James and Sirius and Lily Mm. and all of the already known characters. So that all that was left was this idea that I could create my own character. And that was really the first time that I ever considered doing that. Um, And so I did. And uh, it was cringy. And it was a self-insert because that's all I really knew how to write. I had I had spent my time writing other people's characters that I didn't even know how to start beginning with my own character. Oh, girl, um, yeah. I mean, what I didn't say is that in uh, in all the Yahoo chat room role plays, they were various levels of self-insert all the way until I met that oh. one role player that was actually good. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know any different. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I and I think like also at that age, it's really really hard to. I think that if you're writing at that age, you are writing self-inserts because how are you supposed to conceptualize a world that you don't know? Yeah. Writers do an extraordinary amount of research on both characters and different ways of the world Yeah. in order to make a realistic character. Yeah, and some 11-year-olds don't know how to do research, you know? (laughs) You don't don't know how to do research, and you certainly don't know any other life than the life that you're currently living. Like, the, the concept that the universe does not revolve around you is not something that you learn until probably you're... 16 17 and even then it's really hard to believe yeah it is (laughs) in fact as a 26 year old i'm still pretty sure that i am the center of the universe oh my gosh Um, thank you eric thank you uh thank you for sharing it on the on on the uh nerd it's nerd something what is that server called it's one of our partners the nerd nerdarium or something like that anyway thank you so much for sharing um we'd love to have some more people in here nerd nerdalius yes i hope i'm pronouncing that right um by the way, yes, oh, yeah, Pickles, that's right. You go by Pickles on there. Um, if you guys, just just to let you guys know, um, uh, Pickles, in case any of your people ask you, we are also happy to, during the stream, take um, role play questions if people want to, like, actually come on and, like, voice talk to us about any um, any sort of role play questions or concerns that they have, uh, just reach out to Landon on Discord if uh, if you want to do that. Okay, I'm so sorry for interrupting Landon uh, to handle you're, the chat, uh, but you're good. Okay, so keep going. Totally <laughs> fine. The waiting fans are way more important. Than this. Of course. So, anyway, um, I started RPing, and it was a forum RP, uh, so it was long prose. This I was very fortunate that this this particular one did not have a word minimum. Um, but it certainly was expected that you had a long form, several paragraph, uh, responses. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was so and, in fashion during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that, I think that, that it was either, it was either really, if you wanted to have a long-term story, you had to be multi-para, multi, you know, a lot of purple prose, lots of kind of unimportant fluff. 
I just was ridiculous that I, I look back on it and I go, God, three paragraphs for literally a line of dialogue is so much. But you had to at that time. That was like, that was how everyone did it. And you, you had to conform to that. Otherwise you weren't going to role play, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's how I started. And then from there, I met um, my friend, Michaela, and whom you whom you've written with yep and we uh we started writing together as partners and as she discovered more ways or as forum transformed into tumblr um although the style was very similar i then realized that there was a area in a social media where there was a easy way to find a bunch of different rps especially as a lot of people grew out of the idea of doing harry potter and i didn't want to um, so I kept kind of my eye open for those, looking at those. I followed Michaela as to where she went and what she was writing. And that's how I kind of ended up doing Tumblr for a long time, which is where we met. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's a good, that's a good segue into where we met. So, so essentially I don't want to, yeah, it's Viva Pinata. Hell yeah. This game's awesome. Um, so that's that's how how we met essentially is on Tumblr roleplay. Now it wasn't in a Harry Potter roleplay. We will address the the Harry Potter um, you know turf shaped elephant in the room in just a little bit. Uh, so don't worry, we're gonna get there. But um, but kind of before that, I just wanna I just wanna go into some of the details of you know how we actually met. So when when we first met, I I had joined this Once Upon a Time roleplay. Um, so this is, this is something where like, I was really into the show. I was following a lot of people that were, that were posting about it on Tumblr. And I saw somebody that was running this role play, um, advertise that they were running it. So I was like, oh shoot, I'll join that. You know, I like your blog and, and, uh, and so I'll join your role play. Um, now I don't want to get too into you know who all was in that role play and everything that went down there because to me um role play is is kind of it is in a lot of ways a, a kind of private intimate thing right so i don't want to air anything that people don't want to don't want to be known but so some of the background of it is i joined this role play and just like any group there was people in there i really liked and there was people in there i really didn't <laughs> Right. Um, and Landon was one of the people that I really liked. So even when that once upon a so with that once upon a time role play slowly started falling apart due to, you know, various things that were going on in in that role play. And, and Landon was one of the mods there. So I don't know if you want to end up talking about some of that in a, in a little while. Um, you can bring it back up if you want to. So then um, then what would essentially happen is is during during while that role play was started falling apart another girl that was in that role play with us um created a harry potter role play it was a marauders era role play and it was like hell yeah let's go oh join that i completely <laughs> forgot that you did not start it i did not start it <laughs> i did not else. start it i did not start it this other girl started it i created a bunch of graphics for her so i had access to the main account for this role play and she disappeared and when she disappeared all of a sudden i had a role play just fall in my lap now i had sort of run role plays before but i had never been like yes he joined we're gonna get a lot of experience for him okay so 
I had never run a really run a role play before. Like, I mean, I had, but I had never been like the one really responsible for it. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew that I didn't want this role play to die just because the main mod disappeared. You know what I mean? So well, I think like it's important to say that we already had people joined. Yeah. Already, like there were already people. There was like characters. There was like eleven or twelve people she... in there when she disappeared. Yeah. Didn't she just, like, go on vacation and then just never came back? Yeah, yeah, like, she took a hiatus and never came back from her hiatus. And then with Tumblr, I think it's also very important to say that, like, you have... It's, it's not like Discord where you have a server and then you can, like, assign mods and stuff like that. You had an account mm -hmm. dedicated to that Tumblr, like, to that RP. And so, like, trying to get access to that and switch over stuff, too, oh... It was it was you crazy. Had the passwords, but it just was kind of this insane moment where we were all looking forward to it and plotting, and then the person just never came back. Yeah, like we had like we had for like two weeks. We gave her like two weeks to come back, and she never did. Like we made people wait to create characters. We made people wait to start plots because we just thought she was coming back, and then she never did. Um, so then then we just kind of like took it over and. I, I was the only one with access, and then I was like, guys, I cannot do that. By, do this by myself. I cannot do this by myself. What the fuck am I doing? And so then, oh, here's our next sour. Um, I've already got stuff out for him, so he'll he'll join up. He's all good. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? And then I messaged you and also Shadow. Yep. Um, and I was like, because I because you guys are basically my closest friends there. I didn't really know at that time if you knew how to run a role play. I was just like <laughs> grasping at straws and hoping and praying. And thank God it worked out. And y'all were awesome. Um, and no, there was not more than four seasons of Once Upon a Time, um, Marina. There was only four. And then it just miraculously and mysteriously ended. <laughs> it's so funny how many shows do that these days. It's like, kind of okay. crazy crazy you would never expect um so so yeah i asked y'all to help me i gave you the passwords and we set it all up we set it all up and uh and we just kind of took over like we we changed yeah. we changed the plot we changed a bunch of her stuff so that it was really like more like our creation instead of her creation because like we were just like well she's not coming back she's not yeah, coming back naomi. yeah naomi yeah it was it was l-o-o-h um love our only hope on tumblr it was freaking awesome and and then and and at that point basically you and i created a ship together right so you had your <laughs> your character and you were like i need i need a girlfriend for this character and i want to do this plot and i was like ooh that sounds problematic and beautiful and i would love to do that and that so i pressured peer pressured you, you did into a serial killer and victim ship. oh my god <laughs> but you were speaking my language. You were speaking my language. You didn't even know it, but you were. And we were seven years later, still doing it. Yeah, and so we're still we still play the the same character, same same characters. We just keep re-rolling them in new role plays. And at this point, they're like, there are there are OCs. Like they're not they're not what was originally created for that role play. Like they are they're their own their own things. Um, so so yeah, that's essentially how we met. Is we we role played in that particular in that harry potter role play together and and we just kind of never stopped i mean that's not uh, entirely true right like there was there's definitely times that we've taken taken breaks there was a time that you know we even weren't getting along for a period but in general we just we haven't really stopped role playing for like seven years <laughs> which is just crazy yeah 
no, that was that was a very very interesting time. Yes. Um, full of full of I don't mistakes and missteps and interesting learning curves. Oh yeah. Um, and it's it's in, it's in, it's impressive that we got over it and were able to do it. And then that roleplay lasted what two years? Yeah, it was two years. We were that we had that roleplay last for two years. And to me, a roleplay that lasts longer than a year is a success because yeah. before I met you guys and started roleplaying with y'all and like really kind of got my shit together as far as like how to run a roleplay, I had never even been in a role play that lasted longer than six months i just i didn't think that was a thing i thought role plays always died super fast and that was just that was just how it was you know that was just how it was but but uh, thank you marina I, I hope so i mean i hope i do a good job now right after all the learning that i've done but um but yeah essentially like pretty much after that that role play it's kind of been like it's kind of been like very slowly, like a slow process of improving since there. I mean, there's absolutely mistakes. And I know there's one that I want to talk about um, later that um, that we can get into. But uh, but that's that's kind of that's kind of like that's kind of how it all started and how I really got into running uh, role plays. Yeah, um, a wonderful, wonderful mistake. <laughs> that had positive consequences. It did. It really um, did. Before we start talking about the mistakes we made, because I like to push that stuff off as far as we can. Um, <laughs> you know, that is what I advertise this as, right? Like, this is what I advertise this as. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's very quickly talk about uh, the mistakes other people have made. Okay. By going back to that turf-shaped elephant uh Yes, we do need to address that because I do understand we're talking about um, about Harry Potter and we met with Harry Potter and obviously like I'm wearing one of my Harry Potter shirts today. And so like I'm not I'm not shy about hiding, um, you know, my involvement in that fandom and and what it means to me. Um, I do think for for you, Landon, if you kind of want to start on this, because I think like you have probably an even deeper connection to that particular fandom than I do. So so I'll let you take the floor first. Yeah, I mean, J.K. It's it's so convenient at the moment that uh, it turns out that Harry Potter was written by Oprah Winfrey. Uh, yeah, I mean, um. you know, with Hatsune Miku <laughs> as the um, as you know the collaborating author, we um, we can only be so grateful. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's re i'm really appreciative that that's coming out now yeah um no i harry potter has i mean before i had this i i have a harry potter podcast like harry potter is a huge part of who i am how i identify in my life and i am uh it's it would be very rare for me to be in a conversation with someone and it not be brought up at least once um so the fact that all of this is happening is extremely disappointing and extremely um i it's it's so hard to talk about it because i am i am part of the lgbtq i can say the acronym i promise i am part of the lgbtq community but i am not trans and so it's very hard to talk about it and recognize that um i am not the hurt party here but I feel incredibly disappointed and incredibly hurt by J.K. Rowling being such a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she really has. She really has proven, essentially, that, like, all of that subtext in her books that kind of, like, when I was growing up, either I didn't notice it 
or I thought it was just like, oh, these are tropes of the genre, and so it's whatever. You know, those are the kinds of things I was thinking, but it turns out this is actually what she believes, and it is so heartbreaking to see something that, like, that really created a lot of friendships in my life and really improved my life, you know, in a very material, direct way. It turns out that J.K. Rowling actually hates a lot of the people that I love, and that's real, and she really, truly does. She didn't just make a mistake. She she really does hate trans people, and, and I just, and I, I can't, I, I kind of struggle, really struggle with how she could do that, how she could write a story about somebody who has been hurt their whole life, and then she turns around and uses her wealth and influence to inflict that hurt on a bunch of people who didn't do anything wrong. They just existed. Just like Harry, they just existed. And she's being hateful towards them. It's really awful. It's... It's mind-boggling on, I think, several accounts. One being that J.K. Rowling, for me, was never human. She was this person who wrote something that saved my life. She was this abstract idea and ideal of someone I wanted to be. I had I, I had very little information about her. I had very little insight into her life. I, of course, never met her. So I, I idealized her, as you do, as we do with all celebrities in some aspect. I put her on a pedestal and gave her part and, and was part of the party that gave her power. And only to find out that she has been actively hurting people the entire time is so frustrating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think frustration Um, is a good way to describe it. I think frustration is a really good way to describe it because there's so much good in her books. And yet, and yet, you know, there's some bad in her books, too. Like, there's some very dangerous stereotypes in her books. Like, you know, since we're talking about um, trans things right now, like, let's mention Rita Skeeter. Like... It's not yeah. a, it's not an accident that Rita Skeeter is someone is an adult who transforms to go spy on kids in the bathroom and that she's described as having manly hands. This is clearly not a mistake. This is clearly not a mistake. In hindsight, it is obvious that J.K. Rowling has always felt this way about trans women. She's always felt that they were predators who wanted to hurt children. And I don't know, I guess I I have to imagine that she doesn't actually know any trans women because it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me to to imagine her knowing trans women and thinking these things because there's just no way. There's no way. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're no, you're good. I think that she also has an incredibly different perspective on trans women. So I wouldn't be surprised if she does no trans women but if the trans women are of the same generation and belief of her there are there are of that generation people or or like the idea of butch lesbianism like and and that is of that turf mindset of you can still be transgender and masculine but also be it's a really confusing concept of 
sorry, I'm trying to You're find good. words because it's no, just so frustrating. <laughs> no, I understand. Um, so I, I, I think that, that what J.K. Rowling, I feel like what a lot of her, her rhetoric seeks to do is put people in these easy-to-understand boxes when yeah. the truth is that gender and sexuality is different and individual for every person. And the act of trying to categorize people like is literally harmful. So, you know, that 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 I think is where a lot of this comes from. Um, and I, I know that there are trans I know that there are trans people who hold transphobic beliefs like I know that exists. Yeah. So um, I'm not. So when I say like it's hard for me to imagine that she has trans friends like I think you're probably right like she probably does know trans people but that doesn't that doesn't make it any more difficult. I, I struggle with understanding how trans people exist that have these kind of transphobic beliefs you know I do because it's it's, it's hard. I think also a huge part of this is to recognize that uh, what she is saying and spouting is about age, too. It's true. It's the She doesn't talk about, in her essay and what she has said on Twitter so far, she doesn't mention people of a certain maturity transitioning, which is why I think when I was saying that she has probably trans friends who are her age, it's not an issue. Her issue is the idea of like people being trained to believe that this is okay or that it's children who do not actually understand what they want or think. Like it's a very it's it's very demeaning of a younger class of people. Um, yeah, it is super which demeaning. Is, which, which puts another lens into this to sit there and be like, no, actually, I know people trans people who knew that they were trans at four years old. Yeah, who wanted to go by boy names and do boy things and and be one of the boys and now as adults are men <laughs> they yeah. knew at four and that is and to like assume that because you're young you don't actually know what you want is incredibly harmful and hurtful i think so uh, too there there is like i mean i do think that like okay when i was a kid i was dumb right like i had some dumb ideas and i had some dumb yeah. desires and dumb thoughts but like that doesn't mean that i had no agency whatsoever and I think trying to pretend like kids kids don't know anything about anything, it's like, okay, so what do, what do you think happens? Like when you turn 18 that you magically wake up and suddenly understand the world? Like, no, no, that's not true. Kids do have a level of agency about themselves and their wants and their desires. They do. And to try to pretend that like it hurts these kids to experiment with their gender is so wrong because yeah. like, okay, so some kid, maybe some kid decides that they're trans and they're very young and it turns out that, that they change their mind later. Okay, so what the hell did it hurt? Like, what does it matter? So what? You know, they're not, no, like, four-year-old is getting put on, on hormones. They maybe like, if yep. they're very precocious, they're getting put on hormone blockers, but they haven't even been through puberty yet. So they're not, it's, they're not getting this whole thing of what she thinks is happening where kids are being forced to, to be put on, like, hormones that you give adults is just, <laughs> it's just not the case. That just doesn't happen. Well, like, there's a really interesting assumption that she has that um, she assumes that women or trans men who were women, who are cis or who were born and assigned female at birth, thought it would be easier to be a trans man than to be a woman. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are you not paying attention to how trans people are treated in this day and age? For real. I am... I would take being a lesbian any day because of how that that treatment is than yeah. to being a trans man. But that's not what is happening. People aren't actively like, actually, it'll be an easier experience being transgender than being 
cis <laughs> and and gay, right? And, <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense it doesn't and then also i think her rants show that she really hasn't done research on how hard and difficult at least in the states i can only really speak to the states how hard and difficult it is to receive hormone therapy yeah and the it's amount usually of a whole process go, yeah people are just like oh you're feeling a little depressed okay here's some here's some testosterone like that's not how that works yeah that doesn't happen <laughs> That doesn't happen. Yeah. And and like this idea, this idea that like, oh, we have to ban trans women from women's bathrooms because they're going to go in there and prey on women. Like, like to me, this, this, there's like, okay, so here's, here's my analogy. Like she tries to pretend like there's some kind of magical spell on the women's bathroom doors like this is some this is like this is the Gryffindor dorms or something that if you're a man you can't enter but that's not true like if some man wants to go into the women's bathroom and harass and hurt women he can just walk in and do it he doesn't have to put on a woman costume to do it right so this idea that somebody is going to take the effort and time and patience to to exist as a trans woman and and sometimes that takes years sometimes that is a process of years just so that they can go and hurt women in women's bathrooms that is ridiculous that is ridiculous there's no way anyone would go through all that if a man wanted to do that he'd just walk into the bathroom he just he has feet just walk in the bathroom (laughs) i also think it's fascinating that she's paying so much attention to who's in the bathroom with her in public for real i "I don't know i wash my hands and go into the bathroom that's about it yeah i mean i don't look i mean I don't, it's been a while since I've been in a public bathroom, but, yeah, <laughs> oh my God, I, I don't know her. Um, but, you know, I mean, I never, like never, I can't remember a time that I paid any attention as to who was in a public bathroom with me. I legit, like that just yeah. doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know like what it is that she thinks is happening. I just, I really, I really believe that she that she has gotten these some like problematic beliefs and she's had them for forever. And then yep. she gets on social media and she hears like the next level of the problematic belief. Right. And then she gets in with those people and then she hears the next level and then she hears the next level. And it's like a rabbit hole that she goes down and down and down until she's arrived at these conclusions that are just so removed from any reality that it becomes like this very violent thing. Like the act of her posting this stuff to Twitter to these thousands and thousands of people is literally incites violence against trans people and and she just doesn't and she just doesn't even like pause to think about that like ever it seems like like she's so concerned about her popularity on twitter more so than the fact that she might really be hurting people but that's that's the thing right is that it's so much easier to care about yourself than it is about the how your actions affect other people Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really care the negative effects of how her her actions fit other people she considers sitting there and and if someone sits there and goes you are literally causing people to want to commit suicide she sees that as a personal attack instead of being like no your words are literally wanting to like let people commit suicide because that's the power and responsibility you hold as a voice and you wanted to be a poli- an active political person because you've been tweeting about politics for the last six years 
then know that your voice has a consequence. That could be a positive one or a negative one. Yeah, and it's not just her. Like, when, when she tweets something, it gets amplified by everybody that agrees with her because they're able to use that as a springboard. So what, she, what, she, I, what I think J.K. Rowling misses a lot in, is that anything that she says is now repeated and repeated and repeated in a way that's that's not true for people who aren't famous and so she's not just an individual spouting her her beliefs she she's she's more than that and and that's you know that's that's something that that she has taken on you know since becoming an activist yes which i think is ridiculous to call her an activist you know uh, yeah i mean well she thinks she's an activist right she, like she, she thinks she is like at the end of the day she thinks she's a woman's activist which yeah. i think is an important fact to bring up that this whole basis her whole argument hinges on the idea that a cis woman's experience is different from a trans woman's experience but the thing is, nobody is, is trying. True. Yeah, nobody's but trying to say that's time, not. <laughs> it it doesn't matter. It it like yeah, it's different. But so is the so is the experience of a black woman. Yeah. Versus a white woman. Yeah. So like, is the experience of a woman in the United States versus the experience of someone in Ethiopia. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like nobody is. Yeah, like nobody thinks that two, I mean, at least I've never heard it except from TERFs, um, you know, arguing against it. But I've never heard someone, someone try to pretend that there is some kind of universal woman experience. There just isn't. Yeah. There isn't. That's not a thing. <laughs> so and someone else having a different experience from you doesn't lessen your experiences. Yeah, it doesn't change. It doesn't change that your experiences are still valid. They are still valid. Oh yeah, yep. hell yeah, we got level 20. So Yay! I think that means, I thought level 20 was when it expanded. Maybe it's level 21 that I get the next expansion. But I got bigger level 20. Garden, bigger garden, bigger yeah. garden. Soon, <laughs> so maybe it's next level that I actually get that. Um, so I think giving JK Rowling a, uh, <laughs> letting her, whoever gave her and lets her continue to have a platform, platform and a voice on Twitter, is really making a mistake. And that's the mistake I just wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess, okay, so I guess I can say this. Um, for, for me, for, and you know, not everybody's gonna make the same decisions that I make, but for me, I, for anything that is, that is not currently in production, um, I, I'm I'm not this is the last time I'll probably wear a Harry Potter shirt on stream this is I'll probably only talk about Harry Potter in a few videos that are already in the middle of production like the Zodiac videos I know have some Harry Potter references in them um, but anything that I've not finished production or that I've not you know started production on Harry Potter's not going to be a thing anymore because I cannot I, I can't I can't add to it like I can't add to it and the truth is that JK Rowling is alive she she is she is here and the more that she is spoken about and promoted the more her hateful ideas spread and hurt more people so that's kind of the 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 thing that I really want to stress is that I'll never make another Harry Potter roleplay I don't think I'll, I'll never make a video about Harry Potter in the way that I've kind of used it as a good example of things in the past. Like, I just, I can't do that because I see what that's turning into. And until J.K. Rowling either, you know, um, is no longer with us 
or until uh, she recants all of the harm that she's done. I just, I can't. Attention is clearly the currency. And and so I, I can't give it to her anymore. And it's really sad because I love Harry Potter, but, um, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it. I think that's 100% fair. You also have a bigger platform than I do. So I think that is... <laughs> That is reasonable. I am choosing to use my voice and my my decisions in another way. I cannot, and I'm not in a place where I can give up Harry Potter. I just haven't been. Um, I will continue to talk about it. Esther and I are still going to make a Harry Potter podcast. However, I recognize that the fandom is where the focus needs to be. Yeah. So the wonderful thing about Harry Potter is that it has, I believe, grown outside of jk rowling's reach it's like the uh the fault in our stars which is a book written by john green talks has an author in it that um that's book in the the book within the book leaves <laughs> a, uh, cliffhanger and hazel grace who is the protagonist of john green's story goes and tries to desperately find out what happens after the cliffhanger and the author speaks about the fact that it is no longer his he doesn't know it's no longer his he published and finished the book yeah anything so what's the ending he it, doesn't know yeah anything that is out of it is solely on the responsibility of the reader and i believe that the fandom has done such an amazing job creating such a world that is inclusive and wonderful and lacking in hate has in well i can't really say that i think there's a lot of racism still happening in the harry potter fandom but for the most part uh, really inclusive, especially there are really inclusive fan fiction authors, fan fandom, fan art artists, anything like that. Um, so what I am choosing to do is I will no longer monetarily be giving anything to to J.K. Rowling or Harry Potter. I will not be buying official merch. I will not be uh, going to the parks. I will uh, any books from now on that I will own will be used. I will not be watching. Um, the new Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie. Yeah, no, I'll... not gonna watch it either. Nope. Um, I won't like the any. I won't be using the Wizarding World websites. I will be exclusively working off of when I'm doing research and stuff like that. Working off of Wiki. Um, <laughs> I won't buy, rent, or see the movies. I won't see Cursed Child. Um, however, I will continue to give money to the fandom. Um, when I want merch, I will buy alternate merch. I will buy Etsy artist merch, or I will listen to Wizard Rock or read fan fiction. Um, support queer creators um, within the fandom, as well as people uh, who just, even if they're not in the fandom, but do definitely um, make merch and stuff like that. As well as people of color, uh, the people who are trying to be silenced by, by J.K. Rowling's words, I will support and lift up. Um, and that is what I can actively do to remain a part of the fandom, to keep Harry in my life, but at the same time sit there and be like, oh, it's really convenient that J.K. Rowling no longer exists. While also <laughs> acknowledging that she does exist because it is important to read Harry Potter through that lens and let that not be forgotten. Yeah. The, I think the best that we can hope for right now, because it does feel like that J.K. Rowling is going down this rabbit hole and it's not going to stop anytime soon, is that we just pray it doesn't get worse. So we, we, we just pray yeah. that we don't find out that like some of the other horrible tropes inside of Harry Potter, it turns out that that's actually her beliefs. Like, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but the way, oh, 
Oh, thank you so much oh, for the follow. She's um, racist. We know that. <laughs> War, Warcraft admirer thirty three. Thank you so so much for the follow oh. here. Um, so yeah, I mean, like in in the book, she's incredibly anti Semitic. We're doing great. How are you doing? Um, she's incredibly anti-Semitic in the books, and I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now, all of a sudden, we're going to get some anti-Semitic takes from her. And, you know, the whole, the way that the house elves are, are portrayed as, like, this slave class that likes being a slave, like, things like that. Like, what are we going to find out as far as what her real opinions are in regard to that stuff? You know what I mean? Like, if, if this is how she really feels about trans people, where does it stop? Where does it stop? So, like, that's that's where, um, where, where I'm, like, a really nervous because I do think that that once you kind of start down these 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 rabbit holes it's uh it's very hard to get out because you just get more and more insular because you get love bombed by these people and then um what you end up with is this situation where you have nobody else nobody around telling you like hey wait a second this is actually probably not a good thing to tweet you know what I mean Oh my gosh, I'm a huge Viva Pinata fan um, too, or Warcraft admirer. Uh, this is one of my favorite games. I've replayed it so many freaking times. So just to kind of catch you up, what we're doing right now um, is while Land and I are having our kind of you know conversation, I'm trying right now just to get uh, get level up. I think I just need one more level so I can get the last expansion on the garden. Then we're going to start really kind of like organizing the gardens and uh, and and showing off all the different pinatas and things like that. But right now, I'm just trying to level up as fast as possible. Making um, it aesthetically pleasing. Yes. <laughs> so so that's kind of where I I am in regards to the J.K. Rowling stuff. Yeah. I I don't I don't like it. I hope that one day she realizes what she's doing and that she recants her ways but until then um you know no more jk rowling takes on twitter from me um and uh and there's only going to be a few more mentions of harry potter in in the rest of the videos for 2020 and um and that's it that's it that's all the no more harry potter role play uh which is so sad which is so sad but you know at this point um my characters are that i do play are so divorced from canon that i think um i think that we're uh that that's that's you know the best I can do. I'm like you don't play any canon Harry Potter characters, do you? I mean, I still have Ludo, which yeah, he's technically oh, a God, canon character. God. Wow, how did I forget Ludo? But oh, he's God, so he's divorced. The one too. Yeah, he's so divorced <laughs> from canon that it doesn't really it doesn't really matter in that way. No one even realizes he's Harry Potter character until I tell them. <laughs> so you know, it's that's fine. Um, have you gotten any fancy bird type pinatas? So I did. I did get the Candaries um, at one point, but I sold them because like they only let you have so much, um, you know, room in the garden. So, uh, but it, at some point, I'm gonna actually start like organizing these gardens and like collecting all the pinatas and things like like that. Uh, once I can get the the biggest uh, expansion, because I don't want to be doing all that stuff on a small garden. Oh, what did I, what? No, I needed the blackberries. Okay. So Go back. Do, are we good on this, or do we want yeah. to move forward on our uh, our story on how we continued after L O O H ten? Yeah, let's continue. I think that we've um, okay. we've beaten this um, turf horse to death. Uh, I don't really have anything else <laughs> to say to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I wish to, but I don't have anything else personally to add to that conversation. Awesome, sounds good. Okay. Um. So. We've left off our story, our origin story, on that we just started this RP that lasted two years that kind of just fell into your lap. Yep. Um, and then we formed the the mod team that just kind of stuck together with Yumi and Shadow. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then from there, we we've opened quite a few other RPs together. We have so several at this point, like lots. Yeah, I guess we it is like more than two, so <laughs> several. Uh, we were running what two at the same time at one point when we yeah. first blood. Yeah, when we ha we had um the Harry Potter role play and then we had like a Disney Game of Thrones kind of crossover role play, which we can talk about that for sure because I made some serious mistakes there that we can talk about. Um, but we were running both of those at the same time. Uh, yeah. We were dedicating a lot of time to role play at that point. Obviously, I did not have a YouTube channel. You were not doing a <laughs> podcast. Like, um, yeah, I, I had a... Cool. So that was a lot easier, yeah. too. And I had a much easier, like, job that I was doing at that point. Like, it was... Uh, what I was doing for my... Like, my day job was very easy. So I was able to do that, right? Um, but yeah, that's basically... That's where we went next. And I guess... I think that's the first part where we can stop and I can kind of address one of my mistakes. So I'll go first and then you then um, yeah. and then, uh, you know, you can share something from you so that, you know, maybe it takes a little bit of embarrassment off. Right. If I go first. <laughs> so one huge mistake I made at that time was overextending not only myself, but also the role play itself. So we were running a Disney and Game of Thrones crossover role play. And since it was Game of Thrones crossover, essentially what that meant was that we had all of these different kingdoms and it was very intricate and the design was really cool. But the problem was is that because the design had like basically four different areas characters could be in, we were kind of running four different role plays at the same time on top of running the Harry Potter role play that was its own thing right so that was a huge mistake on my part one I took on running two role plays at once like I should not have been doing that I should not have been doing that that was that was dumb I should have just designed that that first blood that role play and put it in my back pocket and waited until we were done with love our only hope right that's what I should have done and then the other thing I should have done is first blood the the design of it was fucked from go like it was it was fucked from go because it was basically four different role plays in one and that's where i learned something that i talk about in a bunch of my videos and i'm actually going to be talking about that in a video that's going up soon on my channel about how it is very important in role plays to make sure that it is easy for all of the characters to interact with each other if you have more than one location in your role play like you're basically every like different location that you make that's not easy to travel to it's a different role play it's a different role play so um i royally screwed that up not only by overextending myself and therefore turning myself in like in a social sense in like a leader sense into a bad mod like I was I didn't I, I just did it wrong like I, I just I did it wrong because I was running too many things at once and I was stressed out and in addition to that the role play itself was too many things which contributed further <laughs> to the the stressed out we did yeah so we did we had we had four mods actually we had me Landon Naomi who's in chat and then Shadow who's not in chat with us today we had that many mods and it still was a freaking cluster and impossible. And yeah. that role play w was fun in a lot of ways. And someday I would like to go back and redo it with a totally different setup. Um, 
but uh, but but yeah, that that was a that was a huge mistake was overextending myself because I am I'm a very creative person. I have new ideas all the time, right? So now what I do, now what I do is I just keep like a folder and documents of like role play ideas of role play ideas that I I want to tackle someday that I want to flesh out someday and when I'm feeling inspired when I'm feeling like oh this is a cool idea this is a cool idea I got to get it out of my head I put it down in my document right I put it down in my document and then I put it away and then I put it away and when it's time to open when when people start getting bored with the current role play and it's time to open a new role play then what I do is I go to my folder and I'm like, hmm, what looks cool? What looks cool that looks like people would be interested in right now? And I just pull an idea out of that hat, as it were, right? Which works way better. But oh my God, why I didn't, why I didn't realize how bad of an idea First Blood was, I still kind of like kick myself a little bit to this day because now looking back, it is so obvious how dumb that idea was and how never it was never going to work. It was never okay, going to work, even if I was my best self, right? Here's the thing. I have to argue this because I think what First Blood did for us in the long run was fantastic because if we had started or like tried to do another thing together when... Uh, L-O-O-H was ending I'm not sure if it would have been as successful as it ended up being because we already had that experience of like starting something new we knew what worked we knew what didn't work was it the best timing no and it certainly did not set up that RP for success but I do think as a mod team and as like writers and partners it did a really good job for us to like almost trauma bond us oh my god <laughs> I guess we kind of did trauma bond in that role play a little bit. Um, <laughs> holy crap. Um, because we did. We really did. There was a lot that we went through um, in, in that particular role play. And during that time where we were running both LOH and First Blood at the same time, right? There was, I think there was like a, 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 a small element, as, as, as traumatic as, as, as role play could be, a small element of trauma bonding there. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think for me, what it did is it, I realized that I can't be in multiple role plays. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't either. I can't either. And that is very obvious to me now. And it was not obvious before trying to do that. Yeah. And um, there, I think there was another, there was like a Marauders RP, another different like school RP that we were involved in too. Yeah, we joined it. Like we joined it, but we only were in yeah. there for like two months before we were like, I don't like it. Bye. <laughs> I think that that helped me learn like that was part of that same process because I think we did that and then we did first blood that it was like no I really I do need to focus on one story and one world even if I'm just joining yep. something I can't be in multiple places and do multiple things yep like my brain just can't do it my brain just can't do it um when it comes to role play like I need I need one setting that I'm that I'm in exactly um so I think First Blood, I I would love to see it again. Naomi is shouting in the chat. That I see that. I see that. I'm not ignoring uh, you, Naomi. I see it. I just, <laughs> you know, it needs some, see. it would need serious rework, right? Like I, serious rework. I like, okay. And here's the other thing. The thing I am very, very grateful for is that the fact that you are in charge because <laughs> I do not oh my God. work in that like 
hey, here is an idea, let me put it away. And as Naomi and you can attest, I am a, hey, here's an idea, let's plot it three years out. Yeah, and that's um, that's a whole thing for other reasons that just doesn't really work. Because we don't know how long the role play is going to last because the role play ends when everyone gets bored with it. And when everyone gets bored with it is super subjective to the way that the role play is set up, who all's in it, who all's active, what characters are going on. Like, it is so subjective. We never know oh. exactly when that's going to be a hundred percent which is why i think it's it's my mistake like if we're talking about rp mistakes that i've made is getting overly invested in an rp thinking a year out like because i i we i we had and i definitely had l-o-o-h planned out for another six seven months yeah <laughs> um and then when it ended so suddenly it was like what the fuck <laughs> <Seriously>? <laughs> kind of like so throws you for a loop right plans. <clears throat> and doesn't that mean anything nope anyone no plans are for, like... losers. <laughs> <laughs> plans are for losers that's not true i like planning too i like planning too but i can't plan more than six months in advance or i'm just gonna hurt myself <laughs> I, but i also agree though with you as a mod as like well on several levels on a mod team you can't plan it out that much because it is up to your rp players yep it is up to what the direction is, how slow people are going, how fast people are going. Yep. What are people interested in? What are the shifts and the situations that are really like grabbing people's attention? That is so incredibly important with an RP that is so subjective week by week. Yeah. <laughs> that you can't plan anything beyond that. So I learned that on a mod level. And then I also learned it as a player level. Do I actually learn that lesson? Probably not. Am I still planning things three years out? A little bit. But you know what? I'm less upset when they don't happen or when they change. I think that's the key, right? Um, yeah, uh, Eric, we love to shade each other. We've been friends for seven years, so we've gotten, oh, yeah. you know, we've gotten to that stage at this point. So uh, that's that's part of why Landon is um, being so, is such a good co-host for this because we have that we have that good connection, which I do not form very quickly with people. As uh, as anyone who's tried to be my friend well knows, I'm incredibly slow at the whole friendship thing. <laughs> um, Karen just, Karen just knows that I like to be a little asshole. So well, that's okay. <laughs> um, so like. So like, what was I gonna? I was gonna say something about that. Uh, yeah. So so like, when it when it comes to that that stuff, I just feel like, I, I just feel like we you have to be careful, right? Like you have to be careful because at the end of the day, like you don't own that role play. Like even though I'm oh, yeah. the main mod and I'm like technically running things and like I I mean if we ever if we ever have to, I get final say. But like, it's not my role play. Like it's not. Um, at the end of the day, I can't. I I can't. I can't own it because I don't control every character. And if I did, it would just be a book. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the problem. <laughs> I want sometimes to own every character because I want to write a book. I'm just too lazy, which is why I'm RPA. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So that's the T. Cause I think what you're, what you're explaining, like what you're describing for what you go through is really not uncommon. I think a lot of role players go through this and um, and I think that that's that's that sense of control, that sense of needing control, is incredibly common. So I actually am really a bit curious to hear like how 
you know, as somebody that struggles with that control, because I really don't struggle it for me. With me, it's it, I, it's fine. Like I don't. To me, it's not like an internal struggle anymore. I got over it so long ago that I don't really remember what that's like. But do you have like any maybe any tips or something for the people that are like, I just can't give it up. I just need to do all the controlling all the time. Like how how did you let it go? I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Um. I think part of it is recognizing that, yes, the story that you would have written would have been awesome, but that's not the story that's happening. Mm. And um, if you want the opportunity to play that story, then you can find and seek out the opportunity to play that story. Let it be known. It should not be in that same RP so that we are not copying each other's storylines. <laughs> but if there's something where it's like, oh man, that like there, you see a ship, uh, this is just coming off the top of my head. You see a ship that you like and that ship ends with one of the people killing the other even though that's not how you would have or or that or you would have written it that like one of the people would have killed the other mm -hmm. um but they didn't do that instead they went and got married and had babies yeah you can sit there and acknowledge that yeah that would have been a really cool storyline and a hundred percent that that would have been cool and valid but that's not what is happening in the RP. You can't pretend that that is what is happening in the RP. And if you want that, if that is something you desire and think would have been cool, then find a way to make it yourself, whether it be in the next RP or a one-on-one -on -one or any other sort of thing that if you, you want to write that out, you write it out. Yeah. Somewhere else, somewhere else that's not, you know, cannibalizing within that role play that you're in. Yeah. Yes. Please don't do that. Yeah, that's really <laughs> annoying, right? Because <laughs> everybody wants to feel special, right? So that's really annoying when people do that. Um, Pickles had a really interesting, had an interesting comment that I want to read out just so that everybody sees it. Uh, GM's job is to simply give locations and events. What the players do with it is the role play. For some, a hard lesson to learn. Yeah, it is really hard. It is really hard, I think, for a lot of people because when you create a role play, the amount of work that goes into building the world, at least for me, like it's a lot. Like I put a lot of thought into like, how am I going to put these elements in? What's going to be the most fun? What's going to be the most interesting? Like it's a lot. Like I can't. The, the amount of hours that I that I spend thinking about it in addition to like writing it and talking about it like it's just it's so much so I totally get like why people feel that ownership you know there's kind of like a, a little bit of a sunk cost fallacy right like I put in all this time and effort I want it to be exactly what I want it to be so you know I, I do think that that's where a lot of it comes from um, I'm going to read out Nao, what Naomi's saying too. I definitely feel like I learned that lesson from First Blood, not to run away with lore creation. You have to give enough to inspire members, not stifle that inspiration and imagination. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the other thing with First Blood is not only was it like too, too much, like it was over-designed in so many aspects. It wasn't just locations, like locations was my main takeaway from it but it was over designed in the locations it was over designed in the amount of characters it was over designed in the amount of different disney properties that we pulled in um you know it was over designed in in as far as the plot goes like there was way too many main quote like main plot threads going on like it was over designed in every aspect it was and uh and and less is more like less is clearly more in every other role play we've run after that we've put in a lot less to those main elements and they've all ended up in my opinion better more intricate stories i don't know if you would agree with that but that's that's definitely what i feel like because then when the players they have just a little bit they can really take it and run with it and they're always going to come up with better stuff than i came up with always well it's kind of that thing that you said that like 
if you're creating it, you're owning it. So if you give the opportunity for your players who are playing it to create part of it, they then are more invested in staying and making a good story. Yeah. I think a great example, and I mean, we'll talk more about Atlantis as we get to that part in our timeline, but Atlantis is a great example of that. We have people who, there was a time probably about a month ago where it felt like every day that people were adding ideas to lore. Yeah. Or just talking about it at the very least. Yeah. But it was very nice to see players who did not create the RP being able to invest themselves in the RP. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's good. I also, on, on kind of that note of lore creation, I think that's also why I'm very grateful that both you and Naomi are part of the mod team because I don't get involved with the lore because I do feel too much ownership over it and I just like to run away with it. Um, I haven't learned that lesson. And I don't think I want to learn that lesson because I think that if I did learn that lesson, it would be very, very hard for me to go back to it when it comes to like novel writing. Mm. Um, so I'm perfectly okay with helping out every once in a while and coming up with things and, and certain tasks, but being part of the entire world building process would be very, very difficult for me because I would want to plot everything. <laughs> frustrated when things were changed or not plotted. <laughs> uh, but that's just me knowing me. Yeah, no, and I think that's valid. Um, yeah, uh, Pickles, I, I learned that the hard way with clans I ran and worlds I created. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of what my what I was what I'm saying with my mis- a lot of the the mistakes that we're talking about. Like, I think a lot of people learn it the hard way. I think a lot of people learn it the hard way. And one of the things I'm seeking to do, you know, with my channel, with with the Discord server, and with this stream, is to help people that don't want to learn the hard way, to try to give them an opportunity so that they don't they don't have to learn the hard way because. I feel like ever since roleplay has moved over to be more of a social media thing and less of like a forum and chat room thing, you don't see examples of what good roleplay is. And I do think you're almost forced in a way to learn the hard way. And I, I hate that. I, it doesn't have to be that way. It wasn't like that when I was roleplaying on forums. Like everyone made it very clear what the standard was and what you were supposed to be doing and what worked and what didn't work. And that's just not true anymore. So um, so my hope is that at least some people watching my channel are, are given the opportunity to not have to learn things the hard way, the way that, um, you know, the way that I did and the, the way that, um, you know, Landon is saying that she did. Right. I also, yeah, I also think that for some people, the hard way is is an integral part of their RP experience. Oh yeah, I mean, sometimes the that, hard way is the only way, but. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I think that, I think when it comes to one-on-ones, that that world building can be so dangerous because if you're more invested than your partner is. Oh God, yeah. such a dangerous situation. And then and it's like so where, frustrating. Yeah, and I think that's where this advice really comes into helpful is like when I say, do not over own your world that you are building listen to it <laughs> but i think also when you're when you're becoming a mod trying to figure out that balance is so important to the experience of modding and, and it is for for a group rp mm-hmm. that um this listening to this advice might just be a step in learning that lesson <laughs> yeah i know i think that's valid i mean a lot of people like can't learn stuff until they're faced with it right and that's totally perfectly yeah. normal um you know it's just that's just that's just how it goes it goes down sometimes right 
<laughs> so I think um is there is does that so that gets us up to first blood. So first blood. the So the death of well the death of first blood and then the death of L O O H. Yeah. They uh, kind of happened around the same time. We kind of, it was kind yeah. of like we closed one and then we closed the other. It was within <clears> probably the, the the 6 months of each other. Yeah, it was pretty because close. I think first blood came around 1 year and then it lasted about 9 months. And yeah. so I think pretty quickly uh, L-O-O-H or low as I call it no. <laughs> died uh, fairly quickly after that yeah and that took us into a different style of RP a totally different style after that I would say um because uh, the next one the next one that we opened after that because so another thing that was going on around this time in addition to like what I was going through and, and honestly looking back this probably contributed to it um, there was a rise on Tumblr of aunties. And if you guys don't know what fandom aunties are, it's basically people that go around trying to moralize in fandom. Like they, what the way that they see it is like the things that you ship and the, the types of things that you're interested in, like reflect directly on you as a person, right? So if you like something that's a bit sketchy, right? It means that you're interested in that in real life and you're an abuser and you're a bad person, right? And this is something that um, I don't know if how much I ever shared this with, with shared with this with you, Landon, because um, I shielded you guys from a lot of this. But First Blood, for whatever reason, there was a oh, lot of yeah. aunties in the Disney fandom, and we would get messages, and I would just delete a lot of them. But we would get messages all the time about how we were evil for you know show, showing this or using that trope, or how we were racist because of this character or that character, and it was so creatively stifling it was so creatively stifling that like i couldn't even because the because they, they were anonymous and harassing messages like i couldn't even figure out like what was genuine criticism and what was like just trolls um i couldn't because there was so many of them and and some of them were really mean so um it was really a challenge and it was always coming from people that weren't even in the role play. They weren't even invested. I don't know why they cared so much, but it's still a thing. Like aunties are still a thing. Um, and they, they, they do the same thing. They harass people. They, they send um, very hateful messages. Um, they suicide bait people, you know, all those things. They're awful. So, um, so we were getting a lot of those messages in First Blood. And that ultimately is what made me say, I cannot be on Tumblr anymore. Now, well, you were no, because I thought you you did individuals for a while for a little bit. But like, okay. even then, it started getting bad there. Okay. And I was really just role playing with Naomi <laughs> and Shadow. And that was well, really and I, it. I had, and I had stopped. Like, yeah, that was the other thing, too, is that when when Lowe broke up, uh, we all kind of went to individual character. Yeah, like Tumblr RPs. And that's when the aunties were getting really, really bad. And then I like ghosted the fuck out of there I, <laughs> I like groups <laughs> but groups weren't viable anymore because you yeah. know because I was just not in a place where I could do it and I'd screwed up first blood so bad and I needed time to really reflect on that right yeah crazy anons on indies yeah so it was it happened on indies too but for whatever reason for me when it came to like getting them on first blood getting them on the main account for that it just yeah. it hurt me in this way because I felt like I was responsible for protecting you guys and so, like, I took it on in a way that I didn't take it on when I would get those kind of anons on my indie account, <laughs> you know? So, so I just, I couldn't deal. I couldn't deal. So we basically, we had a little hiatus from role-playing where we barely role-played for a while. <laughs> or didn't at all, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, 
eventually I found um, Discord as as a possible platform for role playing, and because due to the setup, there was no anonymous messages. It was very oh, hard no. for aunties to come and harass. So I was like, "This is wonderful. I can create a little bubble," <laughs> and that's what I did. And that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, because you yeah, because I I quit Tumblr. You quit Tumblr. Mm -hmm. um, and then I remember out of the blue getting a message from you. Yep. Uh, like on Facebook. Yep, because that's the Being only like, way I knew to contact you anymore. <laughs> yeah. Being like, uh, hey, yo, wanna wanna join this thing? And I was like, I don't know what this thing is, but I guess. Yeah, um, pretty much. I think there was probably a little bit more to it than that because because of the ghosting like and stuff and, and because of the ghosting and because of where I was at that point and, and um, you know, not in the right headspace. Like, because I, I did some mean stuff because of, you know, all of those things that were going on. Um, I, I think there was probably more to the conversation. I think I was originally reaching out to you to apologize, but I really don't remember. But I do know that I invited you to Discord at that point. We, d yeah, no, there was, I, we hadn't, like, let's, okay, we'll be honest. We hadn't spoken in, in like, months. It was a long time. It was a because I had moved, I moved to Maine also when all of this was going on. Yep. And so we probably hadn't spoken in a year and a half, two years. It was a long time. Um, and... Then, yeah, you reached out and it was, I mean, it was a rekindling of the friendship, asking how you are, yep. asking what's up, what's changed. Um, and then it just, it came into, because I had also known that you were still RPing because you were doing a Pokemon. Yep. I did like and a very brief Pokemon role very, play, very which brief. doesn't, it's not even, it's not, it. yeah, but it's not even worth mentioning because like it died yeah. so fast um, because oh, I yeah, wasn't really, cool. I wasn't really invested because I really was struggling with even being on Tumblr at all. <laughs> but it wasn't, it was more of like, I, yeah, it wasn't that it was important or anything, but I knew that you were still, that you were still RPing mm -hmm. because you had, st we still had a mutual friend. Yep. Um, and then, uh, and then you reached out and we rekindled this and then you we talked about your idea because i was a part of yin said's building yep yep so it was like this idea for this new place to do new rps um and that naomi wanted in on it and shadow was still there and that you had this great idea and why don't i come join and see what's up with it yep um yes aaron and her magikarp cupcake i i don't <laughs> think i don't think was that the name? I know she had like an Amolga and a Magikarp and I don't remember. I don't really remember that RP very well because, uh, you know, because like there was just so much. There was so much going on for me mentally at that point. Um, I was going through some real like anxiety type of things at that at that time. So I don't really remember a lot of it. But yes, um, there I did play Aaron there and I think she had like a Magikarp and an Amolga. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so the uh so so yeah then i found discord essentially and i was like hell yeah we can role play i can get away from the aunties i can get in a better headspace i can be a better mod again like all of these thoughts are going through my head right and then i'm like i need to reach out to landon so because <laughs> if i could be if i could be better right like if i could get over and not have to deal with a lot of that stuff then i was like oh well there's no reason to not be talking to her right so I reached back out to you, we rekindled, and I was like, I want to make this Discord roleplay. I don't really know how Discord works, but um, I know you have skills at being a good mod, so come help me figure it out. <laughs> let's, let's build a world together. <laughs> yes, so then we made Yensid, which was, which was a Disney roleplay. 
um, another Disney role play, but instead of it being like really complicated, we basically stole Once Upon a Time's plot. So it was kind of like serendipitous, right? Like we met in a Once Upon a Time role play, and then we made basically an, an original Once Upon a Time-ish role play in, to rekindle. So uh, we made Yensid, and that one was really successful. Like we met a lot of people on Discord that um, that we wouldn't have met before. Like um, I was still advertising on Tumblr, but it even got to the point where I stopped yeah. advertising on Tumblr. Like during this time of Yensid, I completely 100% left Tumblr. And then um, about a year later, they had the the pornography ban, which really was just the nail in the coffin. Like what the hell is Tumblr good for anymore anyways, right? <laughs> right that was their only saving grace still um so that was the complete conversion over to discord and i and it's not perfect like i do have gripes with some things on discord it's not ideal for role playing but one huge benefit of it is it is very safe for us i feel like on discord i have the tools to keep you guys safe from seeing you know creeps and aunties and people that just want to harass us right like the tools that discord gives are so much better than the tools that we had on tumblr to stay away from harm and so that's essentially why i use discord now and and why i like it so much and um and and just find it like a really good platform for role play i would also like to say it's so much easier to read other people's stuff too. that's true because when you have the Tumblr homepage, you are either going to one person's, like, website. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um, <laughs> to one person's page and then reading all of the stuff happening there. Or you, it was just an amalgamation of just randomness on your homepage. Yeah. And you had to figure out what was going on and you didn't know where things were start started and you didn't know where you left off. And Discord fixed every single one of those issues. It did. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, so, a hundred percent, Discard is such is is the best place that I've ever uh, RP. Yeah, me too. Down. And I mean, um, I've never I've never found like a website that really had everything that I wanted when it comes to yeah. role play. But Discord gets pretty darn close. You know, if it had just like a few, maybe just a few additional features for keeping things, you know, um, organized in in more of like a, a forum thread like sense, it might be even better. But um, but we still make it work with the way that they divide out channels. Yeah, channel limit is the only thing. Is, yeah, that kind of <laughs> sucks. Know why, but my anxiety is just like, and we could have 50 channels in our, in our RP, and I'd be like, we're near channel limit, even though we're not. Yeah, we're all. not near the channel limit. But um, but yeah, that is the only thing that kind of sucks, is there is a channel limit, which means if your role play goes on too long, and you end up creating too many channels, eventually you have to delete channels, which sucks. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, so then we did Yin Sid, which was awesome. I think that it had its it's ups and it's downs um i don't think there were any like major mistakes no i don't think so i think that one was pretty smooth uh to be honest yeah i think the thing that we learned is that spoof day could not exist anymore unfortunately uh, which <laughs> spoof day for the people who were not uh with us at that point was basically an au day from the rp that we we used to do once a month um, yeah in some of our old rps and because uh because either our writing styles got bigger and better or whatever channel limits all of those fun things um spoof spoof couldn't exist anymore 
Oh, major mistake uh, letting Theo touch the whale. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, when, the, when the giant ashore whale exploded all over the town, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I guess I would agree with you for that. Unfortunately, spoof day is not something that fits us anymore. It was, it yeah. was unique to Tumblr in the sense that um, what we were able to do is like have like a, a time like a time limit but we just don't write like that anymore because pretty much all of us and this is really what my role, role plays are designed for nowadays pretty much all of us are either college students or working adults and we just got too much stuff to do we just got too much stuff to do we can't sit online and role play for hours unfortunately i mean it was wonderful when i could do that you know um but i've i've progressed in my career to where like i i just can't like i i can't um, you know, I, I, I can't easily switch my brain in, in the way that I could when I had a much easier job. Right. Um, so my job's harder now, but I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. I love my, my day job. Um, I'm basically a, a, a corporate trainer. So I'm basically a teacher, but like for adults. Um, and I love it, but you know, I can't, um, it takes a lot of brain power to do that job. Uh, whereas before I was working um, as a support technician, which once you learn the, the six or seven questions people ask over and over, like that job is cake, right? Like you don't yeah. you don't have to use any brain power. You just you just go and it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like um, clear your cash, clear your cash, clear your cash, right? Uh, <laughs> that's the answer. And um, and so you know, unfortunately it's just not something that I, that I can do anymore. But, um, but yeah, I do. I, I miss spoof days. I miss spoof days in a way. Uh, we tried to make them work for our current style of role play, but here's what ended up happening. Here's the mistake that ended up happening. And I think we can both, we can probably both own this somewhat, oh, yeah. um, is that essentially because it was like a whole AU, it was a whole other role play for some people now a lot of us really did treat it like a fun au that didn't matter and we were really more focused on the the real yeah. role play that was going on but there were certain players that could not do that they were way more interested in the spoof day because it didn't matter so because we gave them a vehicle to role play in a place that had no consequences that's all they wanted to do right and so that was the mistake is spoof day being consequence free for and so that the people that were really consequence averse that wanted to do a lot of passive role play all of a sudden they had the perfect place to do it all the time and they never had to actually engage in the story with anybody else <laughs> i think i think we saw that i think a huge a huge uh part of mr was like i'm sorry i'm skipping ahead for magic realm which is the next rp that happened after ian said uh was that as this, as we started getting bored with the story, we then also did a spoof day, mm -hmm. and that worked much better. <laughs> because I think it was the same thing where everyone's like, "Oh, it's a new, it's an AU." Yep. And and just like glomped onto it. Yep. Yep. And kind of left the actual story behind. Yep. And we saw it, like we saw it happen in real time, right? And that's and... why, yeah. And that's why less than a month and a half later, we sh we shut MR down. Yep. We did end up doing that. Yeah. No, I think um, I think you're I think you're right. Like as far as there there is a large portion of role players that really are not interested in having consequences. They're really not interested in moving the story along. They kind of just want to, you know, do what I was doing when I was originally role playing. They just want to chill out and play pretend, which that is 100 percent valid. Like if that's what you want to do, that's 100 yeah. percent valid. 
but that's not really what my role plays are designed for. So it kind of becomes a point of contention a little bit. Um, you know, that I don't, I don't really allow there it's, I don't really know. And maybe this is something I'll eventually learn. Oh, we're going to finally get the expansion y'all. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to allow space where both people who want to tell an intricate story and people who just want to fart around can both coexist and happily coexist in, in a way that, that is collaborative and doesn't create division and resentment, right? I don't, and I don't think it's possible, it would be my guess. I don't think it's possible. If it is, and one day I figure it out, I will, I will be sure to tell you guys. But that's kind of where I am in regard to those things. No, because I think what would end up happening is that you'd be ended up running two different role plays. You'd be running yeah. people, you'd be running the, it would exist within the same RP, but you would be, you would be in charge of all the people who are playing together who wanted consequence, consequence free, and all the people who wanted deep, intricate storyline and plotline. Yeah, and they end up and basically would, doing different things. Exactly. And it would be very frustrating because one would typically at least in my in my experience move faster than the other yep a uh, lack of consequences tends to move faster than that of consequences that's true um so they would end up running the direction of the rp which would be very frustrating for the people who are actually suffering the consequences of those rps being run right yeah no i think so too um so pickles is saying that oh. they've done it before um, if you want to share more, I would really love to hear about, you know, about your experience with that um, and like how long it lasted and kind of what happened um, with the role play or if it's still going on or how it closed if it's not and like all of those details. Because um, like my experience has just been like, I tried it, it keeps not working for me. You know, I keep ending up with players who are ultimately dissatisfied on both sides of the coin. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't want anybody, you know, in my role plays to feel that way, right? Like I want everyone to feel like they're having fun, like they're they're doing something that's worth their time you know and it's worth their creative energy and um because because yeah. to me like role play yeah actually you can totally hop onto the call reach out to landon um and she'll get you all set up um totally fine uh yeah so so that's that's kind of like where i am i don't i don't want anyone to ever be in my role play and not feel like they are you know 100 percent valued as a creative force in the role play because to me everybody that joins is is uh is a creator in the role play and and maybe this is like me taking role play too seriously but you know what fuck it i do take it seriously like let's be real um but to me, like the way when I role play, like it's it's art, like it's art for me. Um, and 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 that's that's how I feel. And that's obviously because I feel that way. That's the kind of other role players that I attract. So I know a lot of my players feel that way. So um, so so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of, you know, where 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 I am with that sort of thing. I am going to make sure all the mic check and stuff is working for Pickles. Okay. So um, can you tell them what's going on with the game and then we can continue that on? Yes. Okay. So thank you, Landon. So she's going to she's gonna handle that. And um, if there's anybody else that wants to be able to hop onto the call um, for anything, like if you have questions that you've been holding or things like that, please go ahead and reach out to Landon now because we have about 20 more minutes before we're going to start working on, um, you know, closing down the stream and kind of saying our goodbyes and things like that so um you know i want to make sure that you're not cut off if that's the case if you are kind of waiting on that 
Um, I know this has been this has been a very long story today, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that kind of that almost gets you guys up to present day. So to kind of let you guys know, essentially what happened next is we ran Magic Reborn, which was a great role play. I've talked about it in my videos, and then eventually we got bored with um, with that. I, I wouldn't say that there's any like huge major lessons learned there. We kind of at this point we've gotten into a groove, right? We've gotten into a groove of like this is how we run things. We like it this way. Yes, it's not perfect, but we we think it's we think it works good for us, right? So we ran that role play for for about a year, and then um, we have a current our current role play now, which is Atlantis. Um, which is great, like it's a much darker tone, which we've not done in a long time. So it's been really nice to get back to that um, that kind of darker tone in our role plays, because that's that's something you know. I mean, I'm like your problematic fave, right? So uh, so of course I like all that kind of dark and crazy stuff. So that's kind of the timeline. That's how Landon and I met, and um, and we finally have reached our goal in this game over these you know several weeks that we've been playing it, where I've got the island expansion. So what I'm doing right now is just whacking down all the hard soil, getting it all looking as nice as possible. For whatever reason, um, the uh, it, it doesn't whack down like all the hard soil, so I end up having to dig these holes to get it to like go all the way down. But you'll see when we end up making the next garden at some point. I don't know when I'll end up doing that, but at some point. Um, we'll make the next garden, and it's it's much easier when you're creating, you know, your additional gardens after the first one. For whatever reason, that's why I like to finish all the expansions before I make, you know, any other garden in this game. Um, it definitely has the darkness of first blood. Yes, I mean that's really that's really like what I was looking for. So when it came to this particular role play uh, that we're running right now, when it came to Atlantis. There was a request. There was a request from Naomi to um, have something that is mob boss based. So that's why we're running Atlantis right now. And then I had a craving for something darker and something supernatural. So I just kind of combined um, supernatural species with a uh, mob boss. And then Atlantis was born. And I've talked about um, I've talked about it as an example in a recent video. So if you guys are curious, it's the lore book tips video it has a whole bunch of different stuff that you can learn about um, Atlantis if you're curious. And uh, it, ex it tells you, you know, kind of a lot of the, the things that went into it and kind of how we structured that role play and how we built it up to, to make it work. And, and, you know, it's going really, really well. I'm really happy with this role play. Um, there has been some challenges as far as running a role play during, during COVID because this role play basically started at the start of COVID. And, um, you know, there's been some challenges surrounding that, but there's only so much you can do about that, right? Like, I, I totally understand that there are certain things that people are going through in their lives, you know, because of the pandemic that's going on. And unfortunately, although the rest of the world is kind of moving on, the U.S. is not. And most of our players are in the U.S. Hey, welcome back, guys. Hey, um, we have Pickles here. Hey, Pickles. Hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> hey, it's going good. You can you sound great. I can hear you. Okay, so yeah, tell us about your um your experience with this role play. I'm really curious because I've not not gotten this kind of thing um to work very well in the past without, you know, people having resentments. Yeah. So I was actually only a moderator on this role play. That's it, okay. It was a it was actually my my co-owner Razgrin that hosted this thing for and it actually it has been going on and off for the past few years it's a it's his role play called terminal U terminal 
which actually kind of mixes, I don't know if you know the anime Ruby, but it mixes that with... That's from Rooster Teeth, right? Yes, it is. Oh, okay, okay. So it's, yeah. it's usually like R, it's not spelled like Ruby, but that's how you say it? Yeah, it's R-W-B-Y. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it mixes that with a certain magical index and, and a certain scientific rare gun. Like, oh, and it's act—it's a very—it's actually a pretty laid-back roleplay. We do have our major subplots and plots with it. I'm currently not a moderator on it at the moment. I kind of—I kind of, due to giving up a lot of forum-style roleplaying and a lot of text-based roleplaying, I no longer really wish to be. But uh, uh, the way that he actually makes it work is really interesting, and I haven't been able to replicate it on my own roleplays. And where you actually kind of have people like myself who aren't really interested in doing the major big storylines, but can come in and RP and in these rooms that he has where, uh, well, I can actually give a good example because it's actually going on for me right now, where uh, my character, Corbin Goodwin, who is a metahuman, which is a powered human, who it, where they have a special gene called the X gene. And if, if, I'm getting off topic, sorry. No, no, you're good. This is really fascinating. I, I'm not super yeah. familiar with um, with Ruby, but I know it's really popular. So like, I, I've kind of like absorbed some of it through the like osmosis of existing in geek spaces online, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like tangently familiar. So this is all, this is all new information to me. So to me, it's like fascinating. So you're good, right, keep well, going. Yeah, so. Uh, generally speaking, these characters can take up one of three different kinds of, well, generally two or three different kinds of uh, play style. I'm personally, there's the combat uh, style where people can come in and they actually will go through like these tournaments and stuff where they get, their characters will actually become part of this ranking system from like C class all the way up to S class. Okay. And. And those are generally the people that you can really find not only interacting with the tournaments, but actually more of the story aspect. Mm. These are these guys. These guys will go out and form their teams, and will can even interact with NPCs and stuff that can be brought into their team. And this is how they he actually will incorporate these uh, non are these. Well, non-RP isn't that. These kind of casual people that don't really want to be involved, but they kind of can get dragged into it anyway. So you will be able, I personally have a story, a post going on right now in the liberal arts building because my character Corbin is a, is a metahuman, which is actually one of the three uh, different types of characters you can create you can create metahumans uh you can create uh i can't remember what it's called but um and ruby they're called fauna but mm -hmm. and this they're called something different i can't remember what he calls them it's that con that same concept bit. yeah it's that concept of of care of humanoid care characters having animal like traits yeah and then you have your basic humans which do not have the exchange and do not have these animal traits. 
generally speaking, the animal traits actually will come from the X game. Gotcha. So, and my character is a metahuman who it, who has adoptive muscle memory. So whatever he sees, he can actually mimic depending on how long he's viewed it for, how, how much concentration he has on it, up to 75% accuracy. Nice. So... That's yeah, a really exactly. cool power. Lots of story potential there. <clears throat> yeah. It, so, it's a you got this university. You got these students who are all, who most of them are combat oriented. You do have these students that will go in for like liberal arts, like my character who is a, a musician. It, uh, he prefers the violin, actually, which I would love to learn how to play in real life. That would be amazing. Oh my god, that would be so cool. <laughs> if I if only I had the time to get back into music. I used I played clarinet in, in high school, and then when I got to yeah. college, I promptly dropped it because I don't got time for that no more. <laughs> yeah, I, Someone who I played to... the violin, it was terrible. You don't want I, me playing it. <laughs> I, was, I was percussionist in high school until my until the incident that caused me to lose flexibility in my wrist oh no so, i'm so yeah. sorry the drum line was always the cool kids <laughs> at least in my school <laughs> uh, I, I, I love percussion um afterwards because i wasn't able to move my wrist anymore i made up for the credit by joining chorus okay nowadays i cannot sing with crap because i tried to sing disturb that was a bad idea <laughs> uh, uh, same um i sang i was in the church choir and i was actually one of like the the top like the soloists and stuff but i mean again that was when i was a kid so you know i haven't practiced in forever yeah. so who cares anymore <laughs> can't do it yeah. now <laughs> but, but yeah so you have people like me that will go in and can just have these general storylines of the characters that you can decide if they're non-canon or canon later on and okay. if you decide them to be canon then that actually kind of brings up your ability to interact with other people on that level because now your character's progressing and because you have that progression that you didn't really mean to have anyway you can actually be brought into the bigger overarching story but if you decide to kind of steer away from that you can still have these um, non-official non-canon uh, kind of situations where your character can just interact with others and have fun. So what it sounds like then really is the key to this system, the way that your friend is running it, is um, is that when you're role-playing, like, real-time, that's not necessarily canon to the role-play. It's not canon to the role-play until the scene is over and you have declared, yes, this is a canon scene. Am I understanding that right? Uh, that is one way that you can do it. Uh, some people will decide beforehand. They will okay. actually discuss the story as a whole before they actually start RPing it mm -hmm. because one of our one of the biggest things for our style of uh, he's been Razrin has been running this since before I knew him so that's almost like eight nine years now that's so more. that's so long to run the same role play that's really amazing I'm always because I can't do that right like that's not me I get bored with stuff so I'm always very impressed when I meet people that like are either running or playing in the same role plays for like you know three four five plus years um so that's that's really amazing kudos to him yeah well he, he and I actually uh worked on this one uh RP for like six seven years which was Clambers, oh, wow. where um we had another another person come in. You you actually know her, Karen, character doctor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her. Yeah, 
Yeah, she's uh, she's actually our she was our co-GM for that. Very uh, cool. It, re it recently closed down where it was actually it was like full fantasy where we had like Kitsune, elves, drow, dwarves, <laughs> goblins, you name it. We the smorgasbord. <laughs> yeah, we had we had a whole smorgasbord and each and each person could run a clan in that role in that role play and um, eventually it. It did close down because uh, Razor and I ended up losing interest in it. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, things happen in real life, um, and one of the and that actually brings me to one of my worst mistakes as a as a role player. Are, do you, are you okay? Are you comfortable sharing? I mean, that is on topic. Yeah. If you want to, you don't have to yeah, though. There's no pressure. Confessing mistake. I can, I, can I can actually share that. Okay. Um, because before we actually started this thing, uh, what ended my biggest mistake as a role player was when I first came into forum style role playing. Originally, I was role playing on a website called All Poetry, which is a poetry website. Go figure. And I was <laughs> I was writing on there, but then I noticed people role playing, and I had people role play with... everywhere. They it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I joined in, and I mean. I eventually our role plays became a little too risque for the site. Uh huh. Unfortunately, <laughs> that kind of they didn't allow that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna get into that. This is a family friendly stream. Soon, soon enough, I went on to to other forums, uh, one of which role play social, where we where I got my really my biggest start and. My big start and probably one of my biggest mistakes was joining this clan called the Dark Katakage Clan. Awesome idea. It was clans at war where you would have these, all these different elements based upon a different clan. So, and the concept was really cool and that's actually what gave birth to our roleplay, the Clanverse. But the leader that we're under, Korak Dark Katakage, Pretty cool guy outside of role playing. Inside of role playing, he was a shit GM. Oh, I'm he, sorry. He and because of because of this, I became I started getting a, re a bad reputation. The other people that were in, in the clan got a bad reputation because this guy was a heavy heavy combat role player. And I'm not sure if you actually know a lot about combat role players, but they. A lot of them stick by a very strict code of conduct, especially back then. Yeah. Uh, if, like if if your character if your character was defeated and killed in a fight, that was supposed to be the end of your character. He he yeah. ignored that through and through. Oh no. So, and because of this, I got a bad reputation. The other people in the clan got a bad reputation. We were following the wrong person because we just wanted to role play because we thought that. Hey, it role plays, role play, whatever. If the guy's bad or not, and so my biggest piece of advice from that is, if you are going into a role player, keep in mind that no role play is actually better than bad role play. I agree. Oh my god, um, you're so right. Not role playing is better than being miserable and you know being hurt through role-playing a hundred percent yeah well that's like that's like anything right is is to be able to sit there and be like actually this is a bad situation this isn't working for me 
I it is better if it, I I'm not in it. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. uh, there are better RPs out there. It's so hard to yep. do. Like I I agree oh, that it's okay. hard to do because you get invested. You think like, oh, I've spent all this time. Um, I've spent all this energy. This energy. I I've done all these creative things that I don't want to lose. Like so, I get it. Like I get why people do that. But um, I think that's yeah. that's like a super valid lesson. Um, I think a lot of us do learn that the hard way. Um, I, I know that, like, I kind of glossed over a lot of my early role play stuff, but when I was much younger, before I started really running role plays, there was definitely times where I stayed in role plays that were not a good environment for me, and I would just stay in until the role play closed, even though I wasn't having any fun. And that was dumb. Like, that was dumb. Like, why did I do that? It's a hobby. I shouldn't be doing yeah. it if it's not for fun. No, but I did. Yeah, <laughs> There was multiple times like he actually would threaten my character if my character had the slightest disagreement with his. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced that not in combat roleplay, but say, yeah, for sure. Bullying. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, yeah, and the thing is, he actually made it so that way when we would join his roleplay, we would actually, and this was something that we didn't really, and something I didn't really think about when I was new to forum style roleplaying was especially due to the fact that my earliest earliest role-playing was LARPing with my friends mm. like mm -hmm. I, I absolutely love that but one thing I didn't realize back then was never give your give more control of your character than you would like to yep because what he would do what he would do to anybody that came into his clan is he would immediately put a piece of his character into that character and if you ever disagreed with him in any sort of way, shape, or form, boom, he would nope. he would activate Bye. that piece. Yeah, he would activate that piece and kill you instantly. Yikes! The minute that a uh, the minute that the creator of an RP uh, writes God modding literally into their lore is uh, the minute that I leave. Yep, I'm <laughs> yeah. not not here for that. Not here for that at all. Um, I, I hate to wrap this up, but we have reached the two-hour mark, which means okay. we need to start shutting things down. Yeah, but that was a really, really good story, and I think that you touched on um, some stuff, Pickles, that, that we didn't really touch on, but it's still, like, a really common mistake, and, like, as you were telling that story, like, I was thinking of, like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's something that I could say, too. There's absolutely times that I have stayed and engaged in a role play past when it was useful or healthy or you know any of those things for me and um and i think that's something you know we always have to keep in mind um so thank you very very much for coming on yeah not a problem i'm i'm happy that i was able to share to share that even though i did kind of take up everybody's last 30 minutes i apologize no it was a good story it was a good story i i i liked it i thought it was very um it was very uh useful I, you know yeah good it was a good story don't be sorry yeah all and right. if you ever want to share your voice again let us know yeah all right we'll do all right thanks for sharing thank you not a problem bye bye all right so it is two hours so we are going to start to say goodbye to you guys so can landon I, help us wrap up can i very quickly i know we can't spend a lot of time about it but i really wanted to share this week's article with you yes tell me what are we looking right. at this week so we let me just it's just a little thing in the world that we need to know. Okay. And that's that in Indonesia, there are people dressing up as superheroes and teaching kids how to wash their hands. And it's so freaking cute. What? Okay. So here's what we're going to do. <laughs> I am going to save the game and I'm going to open the article so that everyone can read along with us. Um, I'm so glad we we reached our goal in Viva Pinata today. So I feel like the game is like opened up now and I'm going to be able to show you guys so much more stuff. Um, so let me save and get out of this and I'll open up the article and, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. 
Yes, that's fine. Let's quit to desktop. Okay. I'll give my computer a second to catch up. That Because that game is so old, it's like in this different aspect ratio than like everything uh, else. <laughs> so like it takes it a second. Okay, here we go. It's, just, it's hard to think sometimes. <laughs> For computers too, right? For computers too. So superheroes from near and far join Indonesia's coronavirus virus battle. <gasps> oh, yeah. this is it's so cool. Adorable. I think that I think that this is the way to do it, right? Is to is to not make it as scary with kids. And I really wish we were seeing more of this, but it's literally two or three guys in Indonesia who are completely volunteer, uh, put on their own Spider-Man and Superman costume and are now like holding signs and um, asking people to wear masks, wash their hands and stay alert. Look at these guys, just, what heroes. Yeah, it really is just, it's really nice. They hand out hand sanitizer and like little drums for kiddos and they demonstrate how to wash hands properly. Uh, how to wear a mask and all of that. And I think that when it comes to like kids, especially small kids, being able to see that kind of stuff is so much more impactful and so much cuter than sitting there and being like, you need to wear your mask, Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think it's it's crazy. Like, um, I really wonder, you know, how it must be really hard. It must be really hard for parents having to explain this to their, their kids. Um, yeah. So, you know, this is this is just a really great way to do it. And I'm, I'm sure some kids are struggling at different levels, right? Some kids are probably like, oh, well, mom and dad are doing it, so I'm going to do it and it's fine. But I'm sure that, like, there's other kids that are, like, really bothered because, I mean, it is uncomfortable. Like, it is uncomfortable, yeah. let's be honest. Like, yes, it's easy, but also, yes, it's hella uncomfortable to go out and wear a mask, especially if you have to do it for hours, if you're going out for a long time or whatever, which happens sometimes still. So this is great. I, thank you so much for sharing this. Um, I love yeah. it. We need some... We need we need some of this this energy in the in the US right now. Like let's All let's right. get let's get this energy less, you know, less like um, you know, God's telling me I don't have to wear a mask energy, more of, you know, this energy, <laughs> right? Let's let's do that. Let's do that, guys. <laughs> All right. Um we should wrap it up. So okay. I just want to be sure to re to remind the people who are here in the chat in the uh, Twitch chat to follow this Twitch channel. Um, but if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to it uh, as a podcast, please join us during our streams. We stream every Saturday from noon Eastern Standard Time to 2 Eastern Thanks for Standard the Time. follow. Thanks, Eric, for the follow. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, and right now we're playing Viva Pinata. And we also take voices, as we did with Eric today. We love hearing from the community and any questions or answers uh, that you guys have and provide us. Please uh, reach out to me on Discord in order to uh, get in line for that. Yep, yep, you're welcome in our chat, but if you want to come on um, for voice, uh, if you want, it's either to talk about the topic or if you um, have like a, a role play question that you, you feel like you, you want to go through like, um, you know, vocally as opposed to typing it out in the Discord server, then um, this is a good vehicle for that as well. So yeah, follow the Twitch channel, subscribe to YouTube, and I don't know, wherever Landon's posting the podcast, do what you're <laughs> supposed to do there. I don't know anything about podcasts. She's helping me with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't actually, actually, this is where I'm going to tell people, we don't officially have a name for the podcast. Yeah. So uh, we'll <sighs> gladly take uh, in uh, suggestions. Right now, it's the unnamed Karen and uh, Landon project. Uh, <laughs> so it's, we, it's Karen and Landon farts around for two hours. <laughs> uh, literally. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you have any ideas or anything like that, reach out to us. Uh, we'll have more social media for that uh, next week. 
but you can follow me on my personal Instagram at land l a n d i n i n main uh and then please follow karen on all of her social media yes yeah, so um i'm on the places where i actually post content that's not just reposts right it's here on twitch it's on youtube and it's on twitter so on youtube it's karen terry here where it's karen terry and then on twitter it's also it's karen terry so those are the three places you actually want to follow me the rest are just reposts um oh, but, but yeah. you want to follow her on patreon i'm going to continue shouting that out for you oh yeah i mean like if you want to give me some money like uh the patreon essentially has has bought everything that you that you see um i mean i've put most it's mostly my money but patreon has absolutely contributed so this microphone and, and the stand the lights that you guys see behind me the lights in front of me um pretty much everything except for the computer itself patreon has helped fund so uh so that's that's what you're that's what you're doing if you if you sign up for my patreon i, I, all, I put all of it 100 percent of it back into the production of my streams and my videos all right. Um, I think that's it. So my advice is don't forget to be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. We're going to go ahead and sign off and see you next week. Bye. Bye.